Welcome to Shopcast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Morning, Dad. Hi, Emily. We're back. Yep. And this week we have an internship starting in our house of prayer where we actually have young people coming to sit in our prayer room and do the things that we're actually talking about on this podcast. I love the internship. (laughs) I love having young people come and learn. It's so cool. Yeah, it's super exciting. We're very excited about it as well. Um, If you want to find out more information about our internship, you can go to our website, sanctuaryhop.com. And you can also follow our internship page at Consecrate Internship on Instagram and Facebook. So last week we talked about the audience of one and we didn't really get into the priesthood, but can you explain more about the priesthood this week and how it matters? Yeah, well, the priesthood and the audience of one are really connected. Last time when we talked about Revelation 4 and we looked at those four living creatures, we've kind of got a little bit of a picture of how the priesthood works in heaven and a little bit of, the, of what the Lord is initiating and inviting people into on the earth. Uh, there's a passage that he gave us a long time ago that, you know, if we had a one verse that we would put up on our wall, I think it would be the one in, from Second Chronicles 29, 11, uh, where it's Hezekiah, he's uh, preparing the temple again. It's fallen into, into a bad season and he's restoring it one more time. And he says to the people, to the priesthood, he says, it's not a good time to be negligent, you know, stir yourselves and let's get to work. And specifically so that we can stand, serve, minister, and burn before the Lord. And it's kind of a four different words that capture some of the essence of what, what the priesthood means and in the Lord's intention for it. Um, the Lord, from the very beginning, when he established tabernacles, Moses' tabernacle, and then the tabernacle of David, and then ultimately the temple. And if you're not familiar with that, you can read those stories in the Old Testament. They they start in Exodus, and they make their way all the way right through almost to the end. Everybody references that. It is a, a place where God said, I want to come and dwell on the earth. I actually want you to build a building, and when you build this building and you put the practices that I give you in place and you do the things that I ask you to do, my presence is going to come right down into the building and you're going to be able to meet with me. Now, it's a little foreign to us as New Testament believers because God's as close as the inside of your spirit, right? You close your eyes and whisper internally and the Holy Spirit's there. And so we're used to a whole different way. But in the Old Testament, they didn't have any of that. They needed God's presence to come down and to be with them. Now, when he came down, he really came down, and he dwelled in the building, and it was it was powerful, and, you know, sometimes they had the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud. It was a different dynamic than what we're used to, but the goal was the same. I want to come and be with you, but what I want when I'm with you is I want you to respond to what you see and to what you experience in me in specific ways. I want you to minister to me, was the term, to stand, serve, to minister, and to burn before me. When I was a young guy, I didn't understand any of those things. Yeah, I grew up in a church context where I, I saw priests all the time. Uh, I was in a Roman Catholic context when I was a young boy, and I saw guys in long robes. I saw them do the, the mass week after week. I thought it was actually pretty cool, and I've told many people, I you know, I wanted to be a priest from the time I was a little boy, and I... 
I, well, I wanted to be the Pope, actually. <laughs> the <laughs> dream. You, the dream was to be the Pope. That's gone now, unfortunately. But I was captivated by this idea of these guys ministering to the Lord, even though I didn't fully understand what they were doing. It took me many years of uh, asking and inquiring and the Lord sort of leading and guiding for that reality to finally click. And I, I realized that the Lord was calling the people to understand that the priesthood actually mattered in today's church expression, even though the images that we have are all the old ones. Guys in the tabernacle of Moses, you know, sacrificing animals, blood everywhere, burning things on the on the uh, altar, smoke, uh, a very, very different picture than what we operate in when we get dressed up and go to church on a Sunday. Then even the, the liturgical version that I grew up in, a Catholic or an Anglican context, Men in long robes, you know, speaking in in the old days in Latin and in today's modern time, more contemporary, but still in a very different style. And it it was hard for people to understand, what is this thing? What is this priesthood then? It seems like those are the images we have to go by. And a paradigm shift really started to take place in me probably about 15 years ago or so, where the Lord started to say, "It's it's not the outward look, it's the internal attitude of the heart. I am asking you as one of my children, as someone that I've sought out and I put my spirit in, to function in the role of a priest like they do even in heaven. Come before me. Set your eyes on me as the audience of one. Minister to me as the primary focus of your life. And then let all the activities that you wanted to do, all the things that I ask you to do, all the the important values that you have in your life to follow or come from there. And if you put those in the right order, if you see me for who I am and minister to me first, all the rest of it will, will fall into line. It will be, will be powerful. It'll, I, I will work with you. I'll do the things that you want to do. But I am the audience of one. And you have been given this identity to minister to me. It's biblical and it's even modern. And when that started to shift in my thinking— the prayer room made so much more sense because we weren't going to just try to gather large crowds so we could encourage people or equip them so that they could uh, go out and reach their neighborhood. But there was something that was coming first. We were supposed to gather before the Lord because of his awesomeness, because of his greatness, because of his role as creator and sustainer and, and savior and Messiah and minister to him first. And it was such a strange paradigm shift, but when we got it, it changed everything. When you first started, I was thinking, like, we want to, my generation always wants to, like, do something. Like, missions is more popular because you see, like, the grand vision for it. And Mm -hmm. even though, like, there is a lot of struggles to being a missionary and leaving your home, like, and even with social media nowadays, people are still posting here's me in Nepal and I'm on vacation, (laughs) but I'm like, what are you actually doing out there? You know? So for people that like for myself, that's like really based in uh, the prayer room. How do you actually go from like changing your vision to wanting to be out and doing something to actually sitting before the Lord? Because both of them are just as meaningful Mm. in my view, I think. Well, I honestly prefer just sitting in the prayer room than to going out, but that's Mm -hmm. just my personality. But like, I would say that being a missionary, you have to like get before the Lord first before you go out even. Because if you don't know him, then 
Like, what are you going to say to the people? There, there you go. You're answering your own question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because really, if you think about it, uh, uh, of course it's important to go. Of course the kingdom is being advanced on the earth. Of course he told us, go make disciples of all nations. And all of those things are undeniable. So there's nowhere where we're going to say, no, 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 give up all that stuff. You don't have to do any of those things. Just come and sit before him and it'll all be fine. That's not okay. It's really clear biblically, go and go into all the earth. But the question becomes then, first what you ask, which is, well, then what are you bringing them? Are you bringing them just sort of a, a prepackaged uh, sort of message that is not connected to the heart or doesn't have a real encounter with the living God in, of eternity? And then two, what happens when they actually get saved? What's the point? Are we producing just more evangelists or are we producing lovers of God? Mm. Are we producing those that are going to come in and be his disciples, which means that you're going to love him with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're going to give your life to serve him not just by doing activities for him, but by being with him and by actually having a relationship with him. It's critically different. So we described the prayer room this way right from the beginning. We said, come into our prayer room. It's like a big bonfire. You know, bonfires, you know, where you throw lots of wood on. I love a bonfire. <laughs> Nothing like fire and marshmallows to make me happy. And so pile the, pile the wood on. The place where you come and you meet with God and he comes and he meets with us and we encounter him in the prayer room and you sit before him, you you gaze upon who he is and, and you see him in the scriptures, you sing to him, you tell him you love him, you connect with the things that are true concerning him, is the bonfire. But don't stay in the middle of it. Make your way through the fire on your way to whatever else the Lord's called you to do in the activities of the kingdom. So the evangelist, you know, the guy that says, I got to be on the street all the time. I'd say, great, go on the street, but go through the fire on your way mm -hmm. to the missionary that's on their way to Nepal or Turkey, Turkey or wherever they're going. Go through the fire, spend your time in the bonfire, encounter the Lord, then take what you have on your way to the next place. My personal theory is that evangelists and missionaries, they already know this. Because that's difficult out there. And so they understand, I can't do this if I don't have encounters with God. Plus, they don't know. They'll find out pretty soon. <laughs> they find out real soon. So uh, prayer rooms and missionaries are best friends usually because they just kind of instinctively know, I got to have what's going on yeah. in there. But the premise is, is central. You are first before the Lord. And I don't know if you know this, but it says in the, in the Old Testament that the Jewish people, the, the children of Israel, the whole community was created and uh, given the identity of priests. All of them, you are a nation of priests, but they didn't all serve in the in the temple as priests. Only the Levites, only the the Aaron's descendants, they were the priesthood. Everybody else went off, and they were farmers, and they did normal stuff, and they they but they all had the identity on them, which is really interesting. In the New Testament, there's two passages that I want to reference. You, you know, the listeners can look this up on their own, but it's First uh, Peter two nine. You all know this one. You are a chosen race, a, a royal priesthood. It says, and that that image, that language of being a priesthood, even though you're a New Testament Christian, remains. It's, it's part of our identity. The Lord says you're a priesthood. Then in uh, Re Revelation five, when uh, Jesus comes and takes the scroll from the Father's hands. Uh, they begin to sing a new song and they say, say, you know, you are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased from the nations of the earth, from every tribe, tongue, language, and people, these ones for yourself to make them a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And so there it is again, the language is we're all called to this. We all have the assignment to be before God 
to see him, to be in the bonfire, to agree with who he is, to to minister to him by telling him, I love you. I love your ways. I love your leadership. I love the way you think. I love your emotions. I love your plans and your purposes. I agree with all of it. Do what it is in your heart to do. You're ministering to the Lord. Then go do the other stuff. Everybody's called to it. Some in Israel were called to it full time, and some here are called to it full time as well. We'll maybe talk about that another time. But the importance of understanding that priesthood doesn't disappear. It is who he is in heaven. It's who he was in the in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. He's certainly the same in the church in today's world. We've all got the identity, and we've all got the bonfire in front of us. Come and minister to the Lord. See him for who he is. Yeah. It, like, changes your desire, you know? Like, when you sit before him, you see what he desires for you. And it should be, I want my desire to be your desire that I want to think and feel like you do. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise you're, you're kind of on your own trying to work a system, right? I read somewhere that I should go and I should preach the gospel. Okay. What is the gospel again? Oh yeah. Four points. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I don't know any missionaries that don't have somewhere deep within them. And I've talked to dozens and dozens of people that have gone overseas. They all say the same thing. I'm kind of here because I really love Jesus and I feel like he's asking me to be here. And so I'm just going to go wherever he is. It's like, you've already got a piece of this. You, He's real to you. And so the priesthood's alive and well in people's hearts. They just don't have language to describe it. And so what we're saying in these two episodes is audience of one, he's the only one that matters. Make him the focus. And number two, recognize he's actually asked you to come before him and to minister to him and to bless him and to agree with him. And the agreement piece is huge because he's going to do it. He's doing stuff on the earth right now and he's on the move. He says, are you going to love me and agree with me? Because if you do, it will bless my heart and it will minister to me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Well, for those listening, we will continue with our podcast next week. And you can find out more information on this topic and much more at our website, sanctuaryhop.com. On behalf of myself and my dad, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs>